that uh, Judith, what's Judith's last name? Jacobson, of course, and Jill Howard. So Judith and Jacob, uh, Ju- Judith and Jill have been uh, missionaries all over the world in all kinds of covert, funky places where there are yaks and people that don't look exactly like people in 38139 and all that. And um, I just, I'm always impressed that somebody's still in ministry after like a couple decades. I'm, I'm shocked that I am. I'm shocked that anybody is. I'm shocked that anyone survives. And so I just have always had such a heart for these two uh, wonderful sisters. And uh, so anyway, we're, we, it was kind of a last minute. J, uh, Jill's in town. Would you like them? And I said, snatch them up. Heck yeah, that's awesome. So you'll love this. Hey, before we do this, um, I just wanted to say, who brought food today? Ask. Well, guys, I'm telling you, locks and bagels, are you kidding me? I feel right at home. With uh, Anyway, thank you for all that. That was an awesome spread. That looked good and smelled great immediately. Hey, I'll also tell you, if you ever walk in this room and it's like swelteringly hot, like I see you fanning and it's, it's just clammy in here, um, that, those two little units back there, if some take charge fella would like to go back there and just flip them on cool and then there's a little black button on top, you hit it two times. So that's what I did this morning already. I already did it. But flip it on cool, black button two times, and in about 10 minutes, it it's, it's, tends to bring it on down. So uh, if you ever walk in here and it just feels horrible, just please do that. Um, great. I think that's it. Anything else I need to say or do? Oh, um, the Christmas party is on the first Saturday night, which is the 5th of December, our Christmas party. And it's going to be graciously hosted once again by Dennis and Cherry Wright. Uh, nice, nice. I, I was Dennis and I had it figured out. I was just trying to read Sherry. She's like, eh, Lord Jesus, please return. Huh? <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, what did Howard Carmen say? He just wants to go there to see the table. <laughs> that table is cool, man. It's a, it's a big old giant dead tree, and it's, uh, it's awesome. So I think that's all I've got. Let's go ahead and bring up our guest speaker graciously, uh, Jill Howard. It is awesome to have you, Jill. Let's give her a hand. Thanks, Jim. Well, it's my pleasure to be here this morning. Is, is this your thing working? on? Your little doodad on? Yep. Yeah. All right, you got her? Can you hear me? Keep talking. Can you hear we'll me We'll get now? you. Keep talking. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> um, first of all, Judith and I would like to thank you for being a part of our ministry all of these years. You have been with us since the very, very beginning. And we, we really, truly appreciate that. We don't take it lightly, the sacrificial giving, that grace has been a part of our ministry all of this time. So know that we, we really, really love you guys. Now, first of all, I have a little message, a little commercial message. Can anyone guess what this is? It's a string, and it's got a little piece of wood at the end. Any good guesses? For the grand prize? Okay, let me give you a hint. Those, how many of you are going with Jimmy to Israel in April? Anyone? This would, oh good. This would be a good thing to take with you. In fact, this is a camel lead. A camel lead. Camels are not really very nice. You know, they, they're, they're actually kind of mean and they'll spit on you. But if you put this thing through their nose, they become very docile and you can just lead your camel wherever you want to go. So if sometimes people think their husband would work a little better too if they had one of these. But that's a camel lead. Okay. Now, um, 
there's big things happening in China right now. How many of you have been watching uh, the news in China? Um, they are changing their policy for children. Did you know they had a one-child policy? Since 1979, each family was allowed to only have one child. And they've suddenly realized they've created some massive problems because of that. And so they're going to loosen up and let people have two children. But their children, they're so cute. You've seen the Chinese children and you've seen, you've, you've had jammies for your children, your grandchildren. Well, these are the typical Chinese uh, babies jammies. But you know, there they don't do pampers. Did you know that? They don't, we don't have pampers in China. We have split pants. So even though the one-child policy is changing, the split-pants policy is not. And this makes it very convenient for the little person, girl or boy, to go potty when they need to. They're, they might just be, uh, sometimes you'll see the father riding the bicycle, the mother's behind sideways holding the child. And the next thing you know, they're holding the child out so that it doesn't get leaked on. And then, then they keep going. So it's, it's very interesting. So these... If you have any grandchildren or children coming along, these are great little holiday gift items. <laughs> and now this is my favorite. This was a very special purchase. Can anyone guess what this is? Water bag canteen. You're on the right track. You are a very clever group here. Okay. In Mongolia, that's where my jacket's from as well, Mongolia. In Mongolia, they have a national beverage. And um, it is kind of like yogurt. And what they do is they open the bag and they milk anything that has four legs. Horses, camels, goats, anything. There's no cows and you can't milk a pig. But... They, um, you milk any kind of animal that you have, and then you put this on your saddle horn. And as you ride, they have these little stiff-legged ponies. It's not a galloping horse like the beautiful ones in, in Kentucky, the neighbors to the north there. They are stiff-legged ponies, and so they kind of go like this. And so if you put this on your saddle horn and you ride like that all day long, your yogurt is ready to go when you're hungry later in the day. And people say, well, what does it taste like if you're mixing camel, sheep, horse, whatever together? It, rem- uh, it could taste, the leather would be a better taste than what it is. <laughs> it tastes somewhat like a baby spit up, you know, that kind of, in that category. It's, it's, it's in that category. <clears throat> so um, as you can see, Judith and I have some... Um, some interesting things that are part of our ministry. We have two major facets of our ministry. What we try to do is we write curriculum for people to teach. Between us, we have more than 70 years of teaching experience, which is kind of hard to imagine since we're 39. Um, But somehow it works out. And what we do is we bring to bear that teaching experience to writing lessons so that younger teachers or less experienced teachers don't have to reinvent the wheel. We do it for them so that they can have excellence in the classroom and then they can also spend more time building relationships and developing ways to share the gospel with their students. So we write lessons for teachers and then we train people to be better teachers. 
so that they can do their very, very best. And this is, it's North American teachers. It's people from Australia, New Zealand, Canada. We've had teachers from all over. Um, And we also teach people that are national Christians. So let me show you some of the things that we've written. Now, first of all, the teachers, the North American teachers that we train um, teach in universities. And so we have written some lessons. You can see up here, um, we have the classic lessons that would be Shakespeare. Shakespeare has fantastic themes in them. You know, literature is full of wonderful, wonderful themes, major universal ideas like revenge and forgiveness, love and hate. And they make great, great discussions. It's very easy to get them discussing those topics. In a normal English classroom, there's four skills that you're teaching a person. You're teaching them to listen, to speak, to read, and to write. But we think that there's a fifth skill, and that's thinking. And thinking is not a skill that's taught in other countries, particularly in China. In China, I'm the professor, I speak, you listen, you memorize, you parrot it back to me. You don't think about it, you don't ask questions. But if you're talking about literature, you can teach them to start asking questions, to think, and to... to just be wondering about what's happening in the world, what their part is in that. So Shakespeare is a great way to do that. In fact, this is, this is Macbeth. You know him, right? Macbeth actually was a hero. He was a war hero. And the king, I've lost his medal. Here it is. The king actually awarded Macbeth a medal. Did you know that? This is actually our Starbucks award medal that, that our Macbeth has won. But um, he was a war hero, won a medal. But then he made a bad decision. Then he made another bad decision. It was like dominoes. And that's how Macbeth ended up being a tragedy. So there's, there's wonderful ways to bring in these great topics to talk with the students. So as you can see, we have some uh, of the Shakespeare. He's just done an awesome job. Let me show you how this works. What they do is they pick a lesson and then you click on the, not the name of it, but you can click on the little um, image that's on the left side. And what what the teacher sees is they see a worksheet and it's a one page worksheet. This helps the teacher know what they're supposed to teach and it keeps them on track and, and it gives them the opportunity to, to be able to give the students something when they leave class too. This way, the student can take this home and think about it later. Look at, um, at this. One of the main topics in The Merchant of Venice. Have any of you seen the Al Pacino version of The Merchant of Venice? It's fantastic. Well, really well done. But this story is a great story because of the revenge factor. But it also has things like sacrificing for friends. The merchant's friend was willing to sacrifice for him so that he could get the beautiful girl. Um, But this way the teacher can talk about sacrificing for your friends, your family. Who, Who would you be willing to sacrifice? Who wouldn't you be so willing to sacrifice something for? See, and that is a stepping stone to talking about the most important sacrifice that's ever been made. 
And so we're helping them through literature and, and other kinds of lessons to be able to work toward getting the students to think about those things. And they're very eager. They're very curious. So it's a natural to build those stepping stones in it for them. And, you know, we're, we're all, how many of you do not have at least one electronic? Anyone that doesn't have, you all have at least one, don't you? Well, the Chinese kids and, and people all around the world, the young, young people love electronics. They have, in fact, I think there's going to be some syndrome that is going to be called the, the curled fingers syndrome because they never put their cell phones down. In fact, I, they, they, our friends in China often have two cell phones, one in each pocket, and they'll have a tablet. They'll be walking down the street watching movies so that they don't waste time. They love electronics. So what we've done, our teachers, our young teachers like electronics too. So instead of having traditional teaching notes, we have a podcast that the teacher can play. The Merchant. The beautiful princess was a rich young woman who caught the eye of many suitors. So our teachers don't have to sit and read long, boring teacher's notes. How many of you have ever seen the books, like the teacher's books on something? You're like, oh, this is kind of boring. Well, we've turned teacher's notes into a podcast so they can prepare to do their lessons when they're on the bus or the subway or walking or shopping. That way, they spend less time preparing. They can spend more time with their students, drinking tea, talking, following up with what they've been talking about in class. And so we've tried to package this up for them so it's very, very easy for them to teach it and to to be able to um, spend more time outside of class. Great. So we have several lessons that are um, the Shakespeare. And then we have some, oh, do any of you know the story of the Odyssey? It's a quest story. And he meets up with temptations. The, the, the person tries to, the lady tries to tempt him and, and tries to wreck the ship on the rocks. And it, it's an incredible story of overcoming temptation. Wonderful story. Or the ring. How many of you are the Lord of the Rings fans? Good. You know, that's also a powerful story of people working together and willing to sacrifice to do something very important, to get that ring and throw it into the the lake of fire. Some other uh, stories we have. Do any of these look familiar? Do you know a man named Joseph? Any of you friends with Joseph? I think maybe. Um, Also, the neighbor maybe is the good Samaritan that you're familiar with. These stories that we have that are Bible stories can be used in a university classroom because there's no overt mention of God. So we have several of those, uh, the wise and foolish son, the pearl, lost and found is the prodigal son, um, the invitation. And then we have some that we call um, our couplets. And these give us our teachers two different ways to kind of look at the same subject. For instance, in, um, in anthropology, it's a great way to get people just asking the very basic questions. Do you know who Kuiper is? Okay, these are the Kuiper questions in disguise. So it's like, who are we? How did we get here? And what is our purpose in life? It's those kind of very basic human questions. And we do it in the, the in just in a little unobtrusive way in a classroom to get them thinking. Now, my actual thought um, 
on what's happened in the last 36 hours. You know, France is a very tough place for missionaries. But I'm thinking that maybe some of these people, because of the tragedy that's taken place there, their hard hearts might actually be softening up and they might be asking some of these very questions like, you know, where does evil come from? What, what am I doing here? How is it that the person sitting next to me in the theater isn't here anymore, but I am? So I think one thing that we can do is we can pray that this terrible, terrible time for them could be a chance for them to start thinking and, and asking spiritual questions because they can't have lived through this and not be thinking, you know, there has to be something different in life going on here. Um, so those lessons, will, that's what we want our students thinking about. Then we have some secret places on our webpage. If you go all the way down to the bottom, you see the Chinese character. You see, um, we call this our Oxford building uh, people. And then you see the little Mr. Deer. Now, Mr. Deer is a secret back door into our E2E lessons. Now, for the grand prize, who can guess what E2E stands for? Okay, you're, you're, you're getting closer. Okay. The first E stands for the first E in the Bible. It's a place. Eden to eternity. Exactly. Eden to eternity. And this is our Bible lesson part of our webpage. And just imagine the biggest paintbrush you have ever seen. How many of you like to paint? Oh, come on. I love painting. It gives you a chance to just think, you know, you're painting day, hour after hour, day after day. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, well, okay, think of the biggest brush you've ever seen, especially those of you that hate painting. And just imagine going like this with that paintbrush. That was the idea that we had with the E2E lessons. We wanted to give an overview of the Old Testament and the New Testament so that if they never got to study the Bible themselves, maybe they can't read, maybe they don't have a Bible, maybe they don't read, maybe they just won't read. But people love stories. So what we did is we decided to have 12 Old Testament stories that even if you didn't ever get to read a Bible, if you knew these 12 stories and you could tell someone else the 12 stories, then you would have at least an idea of what's happening in the Bible. Now, this is really a cool part. If you click on the little word that is in English, then you get to the English side of the lessons. And it's the same idea. It's back to the one page paper. And what happens is the teacher tells the story and then they retell the story and then they can draw a picture of it. That means they get to hear it over and over again. And then they practice retelling the story. Why do we have them practice retelling the story? Because we want them to go tell somebody else the story, their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers. When we have these little weekends, we want them to learn the stories and then be able to go tell someone else. In fact, the teams of people that go out, we call them our go teams and they're little storytelling teams. And their goal is to tell the stories, teach the people to tell the stories and then send them out to, to tell others the stories. And so they're in English, but if you look on the other side, if you click on 
the image on the left side, look what happens. Okay, it hasn't happened yet. You're all looking at me. I could tell it didn't happen. You can, you can read people's eyes. Now, what language is this? Chinese. So our Chinese friends who don't speak English, no problem. They can use the Chinese version of the E2E lessons, the E2 stories. This is the exact same creation lesson. And the, in the Chinese right there, this is the main points. It tells them what um, are the main points of the story. They can look at that on their phone while they're on the bus, while they're on the subway, while they're walking through the market. They can be getting themselves ready to tell the Bible stories. And no one knows what, what they're looking at. Someone probably thinks they're watching a movie on their phone while they're on the bus. And here is the cool part. Listen to this. See, so they can, they can look at the lesson, they can listen to the podcast in Chinese, and then they're able to go tell the stories and pass them on down the line. It, it's like in track, when you have the baton, you pass the baton to the next person in your relay. One of our main goals is to pass the baton. We try to pass the baton to people that are teachers. We help them be better teachers. We give them materials to use. We pass the baton. We say, now it's your turn. You go teach in your classroom and pass that knowledge on. With our Christian friends, when we're teaching them the Bible stories, we want to equip them to know the Bible stories so that they can teach other people and pass those along. So that's the main goal of of our teaching. Now, let me show you something else. Once a person knows the Bible stories, we also want them to be able to grow. So we needed some discipleship materials. And so if you go into the character, and that's the character for Zion. Like we're marching up to Zion. That's the character for Zion. And on this page, it is the basic discipleship type materials. Look at the first lesson there. Can you read, it's, it's small, but can you read what the title of this lesson is? Does God exist? Now, for us, growing up in America, that's not really a question that we very often ask. I mean, I sometimes we'll think, boy, you know, I've grown up thinking, I, I know God exists, I've gone to church my whole life. But there are people that have never gone to church, there are people that have never thought that question, does God really exist? And so if you're talking to someone, you have to establish that as the first place so that you have a way to talk with them. And one way that we found out that is a really good starter is because you know what their, their first thing is. I can't believe in God because, do you know what they always say? I can't see him. Like, Great idea. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's name four things that you can't see, but that you know exist. What's one thing? Wind? Gravity? Germs? Germs? Oxygen? Do you know how a cell phone works? What about love? Love? Actually? Yeah, electromagnetic waves. You know, they say, get your cell phone out. How does that work? We don't see the words going from my phone to your phone. 
but because of electromagnetic waves, electromagnetic waves that we can't see, we get to talk on the phone. We get to use the microwave. We get to watch the television. So once we get them to that point, they're like, oh, yeah, there's air, there's gravity, there's electromagnetic waves. Those are things that are part of their everyday life. And then they're like, you know what? I can at least think about the fact that God could exist even though I can't see him. So we use that as a jumping off point, either with brand new believers or people that are at least showing interest. So uh, we have several different kinds of lessons that are um, for the basic discipleship. Now, also again, we have lots and lots of secret places, as you can see. If you go back down to the bottom and you go into the one where people are waving, this actually, this set of 12 lessons was written for a group of women that were teaching Arabic women in Israel. And, you know, in Israel, people, it's the land of the Bible. So there's this like thin, thin, thin veneer of, I know the Bible. I've heard of God, those kind of things. But people don't know the stories. And so for those women, we did 12 different women's stories from the Bible, six from the Old Testament, six from the New Testament. And the most interesting one was um, the day that they did the woman at the well, you know, and that's the first woman that Jesus spoke to. When they did that story, the woman that typically was the translator for the teachers, they could not get through the checkpoint that day. You know, there's checkpoints. You can't get from Jerusalem into Bethlehem without going through a checkpoint and the checkpoint was closed. So the pastor had to translate for the Bible story that day. And it became alive because he was talking as if he were Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman. And the place where this was taking place was in Shechem, which is right there. So it was a powerful, powerful lesson for those women to see that the women were very much an important part of the story of Jesus. Because every single one of the women from the Old Testament had a direct connection to Jesus. And so it was showing his family line came down through some women. Some were uh, maybe some women that people wouldn't typically think would be picked to be part of Jesus' genealogy. But God has different ways, doesn't he? So um, those lessons now actually just are being taught right now also in Pakistan to a group of women. So the stories... And how many of you love to tell stories to your grandkids or you, you like to read the books? You know, the kids, they read the same one over and over too, don't they? I mean, every night they'll read the same two or three books. And we, we never get too old to hear a good story. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to turn the Bible stories into stories that people love to hear. They can tell other people. It's very memorable so that they can hide those stories in their heart. And, and let God work on their heart as, as they uh, think about the stories. So those are um, the main ideas of this, the stories. And back to this one. Um, here's what we need you to pray for. First of all, we have um, a big new project that we are working on. We pilot tested this project this last summer. Um, In a very short period of time last last spring, they asked us to write a new curriculum for university students for in the summer. And so we put it together and the university students come and spend three weeks with an American teacher. And of course, it's to learn to improve their English. But 
It also is to give them a chance. Let me see if I can get the page to come up. Uh, let me tell you something. We had trouble getting this to actually come up because our webpage, you cannot Google our webpage. If you look for it, it's fishbait.cc, but you can't put it in Google. You have to put it in a search engine. And, and sometimes even then it gets blocked because um, it is made on purpose so that people cannot find it without knowing what they're, what they're looking for. Okay, now this is... Um, the, the new program we wrote for this last summer. It, think of the broad paintbrush strokes again. This is a broad overview of Western civilization and the, the kind of liberal arts education you would get in, say, the first couple of years when you take all of those 101 classes. You know, a little bit of literature, a little bit of history, a little bit of anthropology. And it's the same idea. We're trying to help them Ask questions and learn to debate, learn to give an opinion. Can you, you know, we're as a society, we're a very opinionated person. We're like, oh, what do you think of this candidate? Or what do you think of that? Or whose football team is better? You know, we, we're just, we give an opinion at a drop of a hat. But that's a learned task. And not everybody gets to do that. So we practice lots of different ways of giving opinions, debating sides of the issue to help them learn to ask those kind of questions. So if you would pray about this program, this coming summer, we're going to have four different university sites where this is going to be held. And we need some teachers. This last summer when we pilot tested it, we had it at two university campuses. We have it at four coming up in 16. So we need four sets of teachers. We're looking for people mostly in their young 20s, 30s, 40s that love to play with gadgets. Okay, the homework for this program to the students at 12 o'clock noon every day, they get their homework on their phone. They get a podcast, they get some vocab words, they get an iWorld topic, which is just a country and and it's like they, they draw a country name out of a hat and then we say, okay, for today we're gonna talk about the foods or we're gonna talk about... Um, the geography. We're going to talk about, um, you know, what kind of cultural things are the, the, the hallmark of their uh, society. So they get their homework on the gadgets. So we're looking for people that like to play with gadgets, to, who love to talk, who love to spend time with the students, who like to play Uno, who um, like to drink tea and just spend time with the students. In the morning, we teach the formal lessons. In the afternoon, we do lots and lots of just talking and being together. So if you know anyone that would be interested in that, please get them in touch with me because we need some really, really good teachers. And it's in our, in our uh, career of being a missionary, it's, it's not often that we get to bring people with us because we do go to some really strange places and, and they're very closed countries usually. This is a chance for people from our churches like you to come and be a part of our ministry. So if you or anyone you know might be able to do that, please get in touch with us. And one way you can do that is you can come up and get one of our... Um, picture news cards. These are some from a couple years ago, but it has our email address on it, which is favoriteprofessors at mac.com. And if you would email us their name, um, we'll get in touch with them. Or if it's your, if it's you send us your name. Also, if you would like to be on our mailing list, you can also 
email us and we'll put you on a mailing list. We send out talking news cards for some of our updates, which is a podcast. And we sometimes send out cards like this or newsletters. We're not very traditional, so we, we do kind of different things. But um, if you would like to be on our mailing list for either our talking news cards or our regular newsletters, you can also just send that at favoriteprofessors at mac.com. Take one of these with you to remember, and we'll put you on the list. We'd love to have you be part of that so that you can be informed. And that way you'll remember to pray for us more. Now, you know, they're actually still in the process of um, doing the memorandum of understanding to put those together since it's November. But one of them will be in the Beijing area. The other three will probably be outside of there. But in China? Yes, in China. In this, well, actually, that's a very good question. This year, it's going to be in China. Our goal is to get this out into some other countries that this organization has teachers in. So it would be lots of different places in Asia and also in the Middle East. Yeah, this is just, we're beginning. This is a chance. We, we did this in 1997. We started a new program called Camp China and we spent 11 years building that up. So we're kind of doing that again. We're, we've just had a new baby and we're building the baby up. And so this is just the beginning. Our goal would be to get this program out all over the world. For this program this, um, that you see up there with uh, the anthropology, psychology, it would be for five weeks in the summer. It would be the last week of June and then the month of July. And you will be back in the United States on August the 1st. And we provide the training. Judith and I will teach you how to teach. Uh, we have some other people that work with us that talk about how you can share your faith. Um, some Teach you a few Chinese words. We'll take you to the Great Wall. Um, it's just a great little introduction into uh, the ministry. You know, to be honest, it's also, we have, particularly in our Camp China program, over the years, we had many, many of the college students that came and taught in that program come back and teach with us in the year program. So that's kind of also our idea is if we can get someone over for the summer, show them that they can successfully teach in a classroom and See how much fun it is to make friends and, and to be able to share your faith, to spend time with people. Then we can get them to come back. So that's kind of our idea too. Uh, you know, it's an ulterior motive there. But um, so that's the kind of thing we're looking for. We're trying to find people for the summer, but we're also praying that they'll want to come back and be long-term part of, of the program. Now this, is, any other questions on that? Yeah, it's, it's a support raising thing, but once you get over there, you know, we, they, you live on the campus, they feed you on the campus. Um, it's, it's, you know, you have a little spending money. People, some people like to go to the Pearl Market and shop and things like that, you know, take some trinkets back, but yeah. Now, this is a, a commercial message. How many of you know who Brother Andrew is? Couple, remember, he used to sneak the Bibles into Eastern Europe. When it was all closed, they'd had, they had hollow out the gas tank or they'd put little panels inside the car and he'd drive through the checkpoint praying that God would blind the guards. Well, his organization, Open Doors, also has people in other parts of the world. One of them was in China. And at first, they would have people go to a conference and they would have their two little suitcases when they went to the conference. But you know what was in the suitcase? It wasn't clothes. They were bringing Bibles and they were bringing them into China. Well, at that rate, 
they were never going to be able to get large numbers of Bibles into China. And even this was in the late 1970s, early 80s. The Chinese would say, okay, we need 10,000 Bibles. So they would figure out and have all these people go and to try to get 10,000 Bibles. Then the Chinese said, okay, we want 50,000 Bibles. Then they said, we want a million Bibles. At that point in time, they already had so many people and they couldn't get them printed there. They needed more than a million, but they asked for a million Bibles. Now you are never gonna get enough suitcases with people carrying them across the border to get a million Bibles. So this book called A Night of a Million Miracles is the story of how Open Doors got a million Bibles into China. I, you know, I've given away the punchline, but this is a fantastic, fantastic book. It's, if, if you know someone that likes to read, if you like to read, I would highly recommend it. There's some used copies available on amazon.com or you can go to the Open Doors page and order a brand new one. I don't make any money off of this. I just, I read this book this, this fall. It's a fantastic, fantastic story. And the cool thing is, this is another thing you can pray for. Uh, Judith knew a guy from Syria when she was down at RTS. He and his group are also working on a project, not a million, but they are working on getting a group of Bibles into that place. And so if you would pray um, that that can happen. I don't know any of the logistics of it, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything I'm, that, you know, out of school, but they are trying to get a big shipment of the most important book in the world into the place where all of this is starting from. So if you would please pray that that can happen because um, we know that that's more than anything else, that's what the people there need to know. They need to know Christ. And so... We really do appreciate you making our ministry possible and getting to be part of some really awesome things like this. And if you want to be part of us next summer, we'd love to have you. Are there any last minute questions? I don't want to go too long. Okay, great. If you want to talk to me afterwards, you can come on up. I'll be right up here. If you want on our list, come up and get a card and email me. All right? Thank you very much. You want to come up? Oh, you, oh, all right. Nice, nice. Hey, wh- what about Jill, man? I'm telling you, she's a real deal. I'm real big in ministry on finding somebody good, hiring them, and then seeing what they can do. Like, don't even have a job description. Just get somebody good, and uh, she's, she's good, and it's just so refreshing. So thank you so much, and um, uh, let's close in prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Father, um, we realize that it's a, a big and complicated world and that there are systems of thought all over it as to how to process why we're here and why things are the way they are, why there's a sense of good and evil in this world. And um, when things like Paris happen, um, yes, ultimate questions uh, uh, begin to be asked. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would superintend the onlooking world right now. And we pray, Lord, that uh, the words of life would be made available um, that um, hu- humble servants would be um, ambassadors of yours, that you would speak your truth and that you would gather up the lambs. Uh, we pray it for Christ's glory. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Catch you next time. Thanks.